Hello, church. How's everybody today? All right, now we got to get a little energy in the room now. The early service kind of outdid you a little bit there this morning. Welcome to Epic. My name is Brian. I'm one of the pastors on staff. Uh, We love having people on campus. We're so grateful that you're here today. If you're watching us online today, thank you for tuning in to our worship service today. Uh, Didn't our worship team do an amazing job today leading us in worship? And uh, I don't know about you, but when we gather together and we get to sing and worship uh, in those moments, uh, God just meets me right where I'm at sometimes. And uh, I don't know about you, but I need that. And uh, I'm so grateful that you've chosen to be here today. And uh, we're going to wrap up uh, a talk that we started last week. And uh, if you're new to Epic, we want to say thank you for being here today. Uh, If you missed last week's message, let me encourage you to go back to either our website or some of our social media platforms and uh, get caught up on part one of what we're going to um, talk about today. If you weren't here last week, uh, I've got a new nickname at Epic, okay? Uh, My new nickname is I am now known as the grit guy, okay? That's who I am. So in case you don't know what that's about, you got to go check out last week's message uh, to really understand what that's about. Um, But we had a great time last week, and today we're going to wrap up part two of what we talked about last week. I've titled uh, this two-part series of this little message, um, this right here. Uh, We're learning about loving our neighbor and serving our city. Uh, learning uh, to love our neighbor and serve our city. And if you've been hanging around um, Epic very long, especially over the last few weeks, you know uh, that next Sunday is 3G Sunday. So is anybody in the house excited about 3G Sunday next week, okay? Um, It's going to be a great day, and uh, we're going to continue to unpack today uh, what a little bit about what 3G Sunday is all, all about. Um, Sarah talked about it in our announcements. For those of you that are not sure what 3G Sunday is really all about, next Sunday, we will not have live services on campus. And we'll reiterate that uh, before you leave today. But we will out, actually be out in our community in, our, uh, in Flagler County uh, serving on about 13 different projects. And uh, we just want to show up next Sunday and show our our community that God is for them and so are we. We want to serve our community. We want to love um, our neighbor. All right. So here's what we're going to do today. We're going to continue what we talked about last week. And, and the purpose of our talk today is to do two things. Number one, inspire you. And number two, to inform you. We want to inform you about everything that's going to be going on with 3G Sunday. We want to inform you about who we are as a church in case you're checking out church or uh, 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 that kind of thing. Uh, but we also want to inspire you to learn what it really means to be a good neighbor. And what Jesus said when he talked to us in scripture, we're going to unpack some of that um, stuff today, okay? So I hope that you're going to leave today informed uh, and inspired uh, as we look at what Jesus had to say about what it really means to be a good neighbor, okay? Let me give you a little bit of a disclaimer today before we dive into part two of our talk, all right? Today's message is primarily for Christ followers, Uh, If you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, there's been a moment in time where you've asked him to come into your life, to forgive you of your sins, to help you on this side of eternity um, and do life 
uh, and then take you to be with him in a perfect place called heaven. If that's, if that's something, that, if that's a decision that you have made, uh, today's message is for you. Uh, if you're here today and maybe you're new to church, we want to say welcome to Epic. We're glad that you're here. I want to encourage you to lean in as well, especially as we get toward the end of our time together today. I want you to listen to what it is that Jesus has done for you because Jesus loves you more than you could ever imagine or dream. And he wants to have a personal relationship with you. And he wants you to spend eternity with him in a perfect place called heaven. And today you can leave here knowing Jesus as your savior and as your Lord. But primarily what I'm going to talk about today uh, is, is for those of us who have made that choice. Uh, we call ourselves Christians, so to speak, and, and we, are, we are Christ followers. Uh, to kind of recap a little bit about what we talked last week. Uh, here's what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 22. Uh, he was talking to an audience who was wondering, Jesus, what is the most important thing in the, in the law and in the commandments? And Jesus boiled it down to these two things. Jesus said, the most important thing is to learn to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And in another part of the scripture, he said, with all your strength. Jesus said, that's the most important thing you can ever really focus on in life is just learn to love the father, learn to love my dad with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind and all your strength. And then he took that fundamental commandment and he tied it to a second commandment. He said, the second is like it. And the second is to love your neighbor as yourself. Now let's stop right here for just a minute because look, if, if we don't do anything else in life but get really good at doing these two things, we're gonna be a success. We're gonna be able to hold our head up high. We're gonna be able to meet Jesus in person, face to face, and hear him say to us, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Why? Because you learned how to love my Father with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind and all your strength, and you learned how to love your neighbor the way that I want you to love your neighbor. And what we work really hard at Epic is this idea of learning to be good neighbors. We want everybody to know who Jesus is. We want everybody to be able to look at, at our lives as, as individuals, and we want everybody to see our church as as people who are serious about their, their faith, people who are serious about living out their faith in a way that honors and glorifies God and helps to point other people to him. So as far as I'm concerned, this right here, this is our marching orders. This is the most important thing that we will ever do, to learn to love God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind and all our strength, and to learn to love our neighbors as ourselves. About two years ago, we started uh, what we call our Four Flagler Initiative because we live in Flagler County, Florida in the Palm Coast area. Uh, the Four Flagler Initiative has to do with three things. We want people to know we are for our community, we are for our families, and we are for our future. And one of the ways that, that we can live out our Four Flagler Initiative one of the ways that we can be for our community, one of the ways that we can be for families, one of the ways that we can make our community a better place for our children and for our grandchildren is to engage in what we call 3G events. 
And over the last nine years, we've been very intentional at making or setting aside some strategic days. Instead of coming to church like you and I are today, we're actually going out in our community and being the church. And that is something that I believe is is really unique. And it's an opportunity for us to practice what Jesus said when he said to love your neighbor as yourself. So one of the ways that we can be for our community, that we can be for our families, and that we can be for our future is to engage in what we call 3G events. And next Sunday is 3G Sunday at Epic Church. We've been talking about it uh, for, uh, uh, for several weeks. Uh, let me ask you a question to see if you remember what we learned last week. What does 3G stand for? Anybody got it? What is it? Gather, give, and go. That's right. Gather, give, and go. It's part of our, what we call our 5G life, which is God, grow, gather, give, and go. And next Sunday, we have an opportunity to gather together, not on campus, but out in our community in smaller teams and and do a lot of different projects where we give of our time and our talents and our treasure, and we actually go and do what Jesus told us to do when he said to go and be good neighbors. Um, Let's recap a little bit what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5. In Matthew chapter 5, verse number 13, Jesus used two illustrations to help us understand the impact that we would have in our community and in our world if we would get really good at doing those two things. Loving God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind and all of our strength and loving our neighbor as ourselves. Here's what he said. He said, you are the salt of the earth. So he's talking to his disciples. He's talking to his Christ followers. He said, you are, his, you are the salt of the earth. But what good is salt if it has lost its flavor? Can you make it salty again? It will be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. Then he uses another illustration. He said, you are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. And no one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives out light to everyone in the house. And then he said this in verse number 16. He said, in the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly father. So Jesus was really clear to his followers that as you learn to love me, as you learn to live in relationship with me, and as you learn to to do life with others that I've put in your life, as as you learn to be a good neighbor, you're gonna be two things in the world. You're gonna be salt, and what we learned last week is that, is that salt, when it's effective, has impact, doesn't it? I mean, if you put a little bit too much salt on something you're getting ready to stick in your mouth, you're going to know whether or not you've got too much salt on it, right? Why? Because salt has impact. Uh, the other thing Jesus said is you are the light of the world. And what we know is that darkness is fundamentally the absence of light, You walk in a dark room at your home and you flip that little light switch and the light comes on, what happened? The darkness uh, is done away with. The darkness is dispelled. And Jesus said, 
as you learn how to live in relationship with me, as you learn how to love your neighbor the way that I want you to love your neighbor, you're going to have impact and you're going to make a difference in a very dark world. How many of you believe that we are living in a dark world today? I'll put both hands up on that. Okay. Our culture and our society is, is far from God. And church, they desperately need an example of what it really means uh, to know who God is and to treat people the way that we want to be treated and to love people and respect people and be good neighbors. And I'm just one of those crazy people that believes that God wants to use his church to be the primary example, not politicians, not the folks on Capitol Hill, not our educational system, uh, not our political parties. God wants to use his church, the body of Christ. Remember that little Greek word we talked about last week, the ecclesia, the gathering of people who are serious about living out their faith. God wants us to model what it means to be salt and light so that impact can be made in our world and the darkness can be dispelled and pushed back. I don't know about you, but I want, I want to be on Team Jesus. Uh, team Jesus is the winning team, okay? And at the end of the day, anybody that's on Team Jesus is on the winning team. And I want my life to count for eternity. I want to be salt and light. So let me ask you a question today. For those of you that know Jesus as your Savior, how are you doing at being salt and light? Just... Just meditate on that for just a second. How are you doing at being salt and light? Think about your average day, where you work, the neighborhood that you live, the school campus that you're on, um, where you're vocationally connected, the people that you interact with on, on a regular basis. How are you doing at being salt and light? Jesus used these two images to define the very nature of his church. And it's, it's something that we are supposed to be doing. And so what we started last week was this little conversation about looking at some ways that we can learn to be good neighbors. I don't know about you, but I want to be a good neighbor. Uh, somebody uh, that, that I interact with on a regular basis or somebody that I live next door to, I want them to be able to look at me and say, you know what, that old guy, uh, Pastor Brian, he's a great neighbor. And, and I want to be faithful to do the things that Jesus taught me to do or Jesus commanded me to do. So what we learned last week is if we're going to learn to be good neighbors, first of all, we've got to want to know our neighbors individually. We've got to want to get to know them individually. Uh, here's what the Bible says in uh, Proverbs 18 and verse 24. It says, a man who has friends must himself be friendly. How many of you met somebody new this week? Did anybody meet somebody new this week? I did. All right. Uh, in, in the community that we live in, it's not hard to interact uh, with strangers, especially in the size of the neighborhoods that we live in. And I'm, I'm just a country boy. He used to live out in the country. So when I moved to Palm Coast, uh, this is a big change and a big difference to me. And, and hardly a day goes by that I don't have an opportunity to interact with somebody 
new or a stranger in my world, whether it's a neighbor or somebody that lives down the street who's out for a walk or riding their bike or if it's at the grocery store or, or wherever it is that I'm going. It's not hard to interact with, with neighbors and, and, and with people that I don't know. And you know what? If I'm going to be a good neighbor, I've got to make it a priority to want to get to know my neighbors individually. And I get it. And you're like, well, Pastor Brian, well, you don't know my neighbor. All right. I, I've had neighbors like that. OK, but here's what we're going to see uh, in just a minute. At the end of the day, regardless of what kind of neighbor you have, he's somebody or there's somebody that God created and that Jesus died for. And it's our responsibility to want to get to know them individually. If you're going to have friends, Jesus said, you must first be friendly. Number two, we learned that we've got to encourage our neighbors continually. We've got to encourage our neighbors continually. Proverbs 12, 25 says, worry weighs a person down. True statement, right? Worry weighs a person down, but an encouraging word cheers a person up. So let me ask you a question. Who have you encouraged this week? Who have you encouraged this week? Maybe it's a friend. Maybe it's a coworker. Maybe it's a neighbor that you live next door to or across the street from. Uh, maybe it's a friend of one of your children that, that they go to school with. I, I don't know who it is that God puts in your life, but, but whoever it is, we want to make it a point, we ought to make it a point to encourage our neighbors continually and to speak words of life into them and to help them to know and understand that that God loves them and that Jesus, the son of God, uh, paid for their sin debt on Calvary's cross and that you care enough about them uh, to help them uh, when they're facing a difficult time or struggling or going through something that, uh, that, that, that is difficult. I don't know about you, but I want to be an encourager. I want to be somebody that speaks words of life or, 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 or just random acts of kindness uh, and, and builds value into other people's lives. So those are the two things we learned last week. Today, I want to show you two more things. If we're going to be good neighbors, we got to get really good at doing these things. Number three, we must serve our neighbors cheerfully. We must serve our neighbors cheerfully. At the end of the day, we talk a lot about service at Epic. And 3G Sunday is all about us uh, taking the opportunity to serve in our community. Uh, let me talk just a second to those of you that are online. Uh, maybe you live outside of the Palm Coast in the Flagler County area. Let me challenge you or encourage you to take next Sunday or maybe sometime later this month or next month and be intentional about serving in your community. Find a nonprofit where you can show up and you can volunteer and serve. Get a group of your friends together and say, hey, let's go do something for somebody and show up and do it with the right heart and the right attitude, knowing that God's going to use it to make a difference in other people's lives. So Jesus said we must serve our neighbor cheerfully because at the end of the day, service is really what we call love in action. Service is love in action. Listen to what Jesus or what the Bible says in, in 1 John chapter 3 in verse 11. And, and keep that Keep that passage in Matthew that we just read 
uh, in mind and, and see if you can't find some parallels here, okay? First John chapter 3, verse 11, the Bible says, this is the message that you have heard from the beginning. And here it is, we should love one another. Doesn't that sound a little bit like what Jesus said in, uh, in Matthew chapter 5? All right, he said, we should love one another. And then verse 16, it says, we know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us. In other words, Jesus is the model or is the ultimate example of love. John 3, 16, the most famous verse in the Bible says, for God so what? Loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. So Jesus demonstrated the ultimate act of love. So Jesus is our model. And, and, and the Bible says we know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us. He demonstrated real love. So we ought also to give up our lives for our brothers and our sisters. Let me stop right there for just a minute, okay? Jesus is, the Bible is not necessarily talking about us laying down our life for our neighbor, but it may come to that at some point. And there are literally Christ followers all over planet earth who give up their life on a regular basis because they live in places where it's not, it's not, um, they don't have the freedom and liberty to gather together like you and I do in the United States of America. And, and Jesus says, if anyone has enough money to live well and sees a brother or sister in need but shows no compassion, how can God's love be in that person? Dear children, let's not merely say that we love each other. Look here, let us show the truth by our what? By our actions. Doesn't that sound like Matthew and, and that verse number 16 where it says, let your good deeds shine out for all the world to see? It's, it's tied together. He says, let us show the truth by our actions. Our actions will show that we belong to the truth so that we will be confident when we stand before God. Now, let me explain something one more time. I, I talked briefly about this last week, okay? Uh, the reason that we serve is not to earn any status with God. We can't earn our salvation. We can't earn our way into heaven. We can't do enough good deeds. The Bible says salvation is a free gift, and it's freely available to anyone who would receive it. But the reason that we serve, the reason that we give of our time and our talents and our treasures is out of an attitude of gratitude for everything that Jesus has done for us. So because of what Jesus has done for me when he paid my sin debt on that old rugged cross 2,000 years ago, because of what he's done for me, I'm going to go serve my neighbor and be a good neighbor. I'm going to let my good deeds shine out so that they can, can, can know who Jesus is and what he's done for them. Habitat for Humanity is one of our local strategic partners, and we get to interact with them a lot, and we serve alongside them uh, regularly here at Epic, and we're so grateful for the partnership that we have. Matter of fact, next week, we have a Habitat for Humanity project. I want to introduce you to Yesenia. This is Yesenia and, and, and three of her children, 
And uh, Yusinia actually moved into her brand new home in April of this year. And you know what? We had a small part at Epic to help build her house last year. Many of you, some of you probably served on that project. And, and that's the finished project. Isn't it, isn't it a nice home? And, and I had an opportunity to talk to Yesenia a couple of weeks ago. And I just asked her, I said, uh, Yesenia, tell me about your story. And uh, she said, well, I moved to Palm Coast when I was five years old. So this is home. I grew up here my entire life. And uh, when she got married and started having children, um, it was necessary for her to live with her parents. And there were like nine people living in one house for many years. And she had an opportunity to get connected with Habitat for Humanity. And, uh, and Habitat relies on volunteers, just like us, who will show up and serve people cheerfully. And I said, Yesenia, what difference has it made in your life for you to, to be able to have your own home? And she said, Pastor Ryan, it's changed our life. She said, I finally, I grew up here all my life, but she said, I finally feel like I can now put my roots down here in my community. And her and her children live um, in that home. And I was so grateful for the opportunity to meet her and hear her story and realize that, that, that it's people just like us who cheerfully show up uh, to serve on a regular basis that actually makes an impact in other people's lives. Another aspect of, of showing up and serving cheerfully is this idea of, of generosity. Uh, listen to what the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter number 9. 2 Corinthians 9 and verse number 6, the Apostle Paul said this, remember this, anytime you see a little phrase like that in the Bible, you need to lean in and pay attention to, to what's coming next, okay, because it's really important. And, and he uses an illustration to help us understand this idea of giving and serving cheerfully and with generosity. Here's what he says. He says, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop. But the one who plants what? Generously. The one who plants generously will get a generous crop. You must each decide in your heart how much to give. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. Look here. For God loves a person who gives what? Cheerfully. The original Greek word there for, for cheerfully is where we get our English word hilarious. So it's literally translated, for God loves a hilarious giver. And every time you use your gift, your talent, and your abilities to serve somebody else or to be an encouragement to them or to get to know them. It's as if you are, <laughs> I love what I do and what I get to do. And God loves that kind of person. God loves the kind of person who's going to give generously. And look at what it says. And God will give generous or God will generously provide what? All that you need. In other words, if you'll be a giver, God will be a giver. Another passage of scripture says to, to cast your bread upon the water and watch it come back to you wave after wave after wave after wave. He's talking about using your gifts. He's talking about using your talents. He's talking about giving of your treasures and watch God use it 
to bless others. It says, then you will always have everything that you need and plenty left over to share with others. You might be thinking, well, Pastor Brian, well, you just don't know my circumstance or my situation. You know what? You're right. I don't. But I got one better than that. God does. He knows your circumstance and your situation. And when you think you don't have time and talents and treasures to give, here's what I I would encourage you to do. Just give anyway. Just be cheerful in giving. Give of your time, give of your talents, and give of your treasures. And, And when you're obedient to do that, not only are you making a difference in somebody else's life, and you're serving your neighbor the way that Jesus taught you to serve your neighbor, but God's going to give it back to you more than you could ever imagine or dream. We must learn to serve our neighbors cheerfully. Um, In my role at Epic, I love what I do because I I get to hear stories on a regular basis of people who are doing this all the time. Uh, They're uh, they're giving rides to their neighbors when their cars are broke down and they need to run some errands. Uh, They're fixing a hot meal for somebody who's sick or maybe they've got a a spouse or somebody in the hospital and they're going crazy not, uh, from morning to night trying to, uh, trying to do life and, and, and take care of their loved one. And I, I get to hear people who are cooking home, home baked or home good, hot home cooked meals and delivering them to their neighbors. I get to hear people who are mowing each other's grass and taking care of people's houses uh, while, while they're away and things like that. Just, just being good neighbors. It's not hard. It's not difficult. It's just looking for opportunities to serve people cheerfully. Then there's one more thing we got to learn to do. And this is where I think the rubber meets the road. And this is what we all need to lean into and press into because this is a command that God has given us. And number four, if we're going to be a good neighbor, we've got to learn to share Christ with our neighbors personally. We've got to learn to share Jesus with our neighbors personally. Listen, God has never created a person that he doesn't love. And everybody needs Jesus. Let me say it again. Regardless of what you think about somebody that God's placed in your life, all right, or how bad they've treated you, or how bad they they act towards you, or things that they say to you. Listen, God has never created a human being who's sucking air on this side of eternity that he did not love, that he did not create, and that Jesus did not die for. And if we will learn to see people from that perspective, it'll change the way that we interact with them. Are there going to be people that hurt our feelings? Yes. Are there going to be people that Uh, that say things about us? Yes. Are there going to be people that attack us verbally or even physically? Yes. At the end of the day, we're all imperfect. We're all what the Bible calls sinners. And all that means is that you're not perfect and I'm not either. But at the end of the day, God loved us so much that he allowed his son Jesus to step out of heaven, to put on flesh and blood and be a, 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 a man just like you and I, And he willingly laid down his life on Calvary's cross so that we could be forgiven of our sins. We could know him in a very real and a personal way. And we could spend eternity with him in a perfect place called heaven. I don't know about you, but I want all that that I can get. And the people that we interact with on a daily basis is somebody that God loves 
and that Jesus died for. And I think when it comes to Christ followers, a lot of times, especially Christians in the United States of America in Western culture, um, sometimes we have a hard time doing this. And we make excuses. Well, I don't know what to say. What if I can't answer their question? Uh, what if I put my foot in my mouth? Or I'm afraid. My, my neighbor's never going to listen to me about, about faith and, and about God and the Bible and church and, and, and all that stuff. How do you know? Have you asked them? Have you let your light shine to where they see your life and are curious about, about how you respond to things and, and things that you say and things that you do? Uh, listen to what 1 Peter 3.15 says. It says, and if anyone asks you about your hope as a believer, what's the next word? Always. Always be ready to explain it. And church, listen, this is something that we all can do. This is not hard. Uh, this is not rocket science, okay? This is not brain surgery, all right? Uh, the gospel message is the simple story of Jesus' death, his burial, and his resurrection. That's the good news. And God expects us, in part, as part of being good neighbors, to be willing to share our, our, our story and to share Jesus with our neighbors personally. And it's something that we all can do. My job as a pastor, a lot of people think that that's the responsibility as pastors and priests. That's part of our responsibility. But you know what my primary responsibility is? My responsibility is to share Jesus with my neighbors. You know what your responsibility is? Your responsibility is to share Jesus with your neighbors. Because God will put people in your life that I'm never going to meet. And God's going to put people in my life that you're never going to meet. So if I'm faithful to my responsibility and you're faithful to your responsibility, guess what? Everybody wins. But we can't expect pastors and priests and clergy and the people that stand on stage or, or online or whatever to be the only mouthpiece of Jesus. That's not the way that he designed it. If you know Jesus as your Lord and as your Savior, it is your responsibility to share Jesus with your neighbors personally. And I'm going to help you out today because that is part of my responsibility. Part of my responsibility is to help you be prepared to share Jesus with your neighbor. So here's what I'm going to do. I've got a couple of resources I'm going to give you today. And uh, if, if you haven't picked up a copy of our Spiritual Growth Challenge, let me encourage you to pick it up on your way out by the Connections table. Uh, if you're watching online or you want to go to our website, you can download it at our church website at theepicchurch.com. But on our Spiritual Growth Challenge for this week, I've included these two resources. These two resources will equip you to help you share Jesus uh, with your neighbor personally. And uh, it, it's not real hard, but here's what I'm going to do. I want to take this book and try to explain it to you today. You think I can do that? Okay. This book is what we call the Bible, right? It is God's true word to humanity. It's God's revelation 
to, to humanity about who he is, about who we are, how he desires to relate to us, and the difference that he can make in, in a person's life, all right? And listen, there's a lot in this book that I don't understand. Okay, I'm not a theologian. I'm not a scholar by any stretch of the imagination. Matter of fact, I consider myself a C plus kind of guy. Okay, that's as good as you're going to get out of me. All right. But here's what I want to do. I want to take this book and help you today. I'm going to explain the story of this book in 13 words. You think I can do it? All right. Listen, if I can do it, anybody can do it. So we can explain this book in 13 words. Here it is. Ready? Jesus came. Jesus died. Jesus was buried. Jesus arose. And Jesus is coming back. That's the story of this book. And that's all God asks us to share with our neighbors. And the next time somebody has a question about your life or your faith and the difference that God makes... In your life, here's what you can share with them. You know what? I don't know much, but here's what I know. Jesus came to earth. He died for my sins. He was buried in a tomb. He did something that nobody else has ever done. He got up out of the grave and proved once and for all that he was God. And he's coming back one day. And leave it at that. Let God do what God wants to do in their life. You just be faithful to share the good news of Jesus. And if somebody wants to, to respond to that, um, I've included in your spiritual growth challenge what I call the salvation poem. It's really a prayer. And it's not about the words of a prayer that saves or changes anybody's life. It's about the attitude of their heart. And if you know Jesus as your Lord and as your Savior in that moment when you said, when you said, God, I admit that I'm a sinner, and I don't know everything about Jesus, but I believe that he's your son, and I believe that he died on a cross for my sins and paid my sin debt, and I'm asking you to forgive me of my sins. I'm asking you to come into my life and save me. I'm asking you to help me live life on this side of eternity, and I'm asking you to take me to be with you forever in a perfect place called heaven. If that's the attitude of your heart, you can be saved. And there's some simple words that you can put to that, and I've included them on your spiritual growth challenge. It's what I call the salvation poem. It goes like this. Jesus, you died upon a cross, and you rose again to save the lost. Forgive me now of all my sin. Come be my Savior, Lord and friend. Change my life and make it new, and help me, Lord, to live for you. And if the attitude of your heart today is that right there, the Bible says you can be adopted into God's family and you can leave here a child of God. And if you already know Jesus as your Lord and as your Savior, that's a simple little poem that you can share with your neighbors to help them understand how they can begin a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, how they can know that their sins are forgiven, how they can know that they have a relationship with God on this side of eternity and how they can be assured of knowing that when their time on this earth is done, they would spend eternity in a perfect place called heaven forever and ever and ever. I don't know about you, but I want Epic to be known as a church that practices these four habits of being good neighbors. 
I want people to feel like that if they live next door to us or down the street from us or in the same neighborhood with us, they're the luckiest people on planet Earth because they got epic neighbors. I believe we can make that kind of impact. I believe we can make that kind of difference right here in our community uh, and around the world. And at the end of the day, you know what 3G Sunday is really all about? It's really all about getting Jesus out into our community. It's about making Jesus famous in Flagler County. And it's about us learning how to be good neighbors and doing the things that Jesus taught us to do in Scripture. So here's how we're going to close today. I want to take just a couple of minutes and I want us to pray uh, for 3G Sunday. And after I pray, I'm going to give you a a couple of, of just reminders and announcements about next Sunday. And then we're going to we're going to go and uh, you can have the rest of your day. So I just want to invite you to bow your heads and close your eyes for just a moment. If you're watching online, would you please join us in prayer? And uh, I just wonder if there's anybody here today and you've already signed up for a project for 3G Sunday. Would you just lift your hand right here real quick in the quietness of this moment? I just want to pray for you specifically. Okay, thank you. Hands all over the room today. Thank you for being willing to to be a good neighbor next week. If you could not raise your hand or did not raise your hand, we just want you to know there's no pressure for for anybody to engage in 3G Sunday. We know that not everybody can participate. We know that people have to work. We know that there are things in life that keep uh, you from doing the things that we will be doing next week, whether it's uh, because of a physical issue or or time constraints, or or whatever. There's no condemnation whatsoever if you did not raise your hand a moment ago. But one of the ways you you can participate with us is to just pray for us as we go and serve. So I want to take some time as we close our service today uh, to just pray for next Sunday if we can and ask God to help us be conscious of these things that we've learned over the last two weeks so that when we go out into our community next week that we will be good neighbors, and help point people to Jesus. So let's pray. God, we come to you today. And um, Lord, I'm grateful uh, for the opportunity we have to be together today. God, help us to never, ever, ever take for granted the freedom and liberty that we have um, as citizens of the United States of America to show up and worship in a place like this. And do it without any restraint. Um, And do it uh, freely, publicly, and openly. Um, God, next Sunday is a big day uh, in the life of our church. And Lord, we do it every year. Lord, help us not to get so caught up in, in what we're doing, but to just stay focused on what you've called us to do. And Lord, help us to to go into 3G Sunday next week with the attitude that we want to be good neighbors. We want to show our community um, that you are for them, and so are we. Lord, there's so many people in our community who are hurting, and that life has beat up and beat down. And they're struggling and facing, Lord, emotional pain and physical pain. And spiritual darkness. Um, and God, you've chosen us, your church, your bride, 
to go and to be salt and light in this community. So Lord, go with us um, this week as we prepare for next week. God, help us to remember all the things that we've learned about what we're supposed to do to, uh, to lean into and, and, and pay attention to the communication we're going to receive this week. Lord, to know that when we show up in our projects, at our projects next week, that God, uh, we're going to show up and we're going to serve cheerfully. We're going to look for opportunities to tell people about you. Um, so God, I ask that you'd go with us. I pray that you'd protect us. Lord, give us those divine appointments with people who desperately need somebody just to love on them, to encourage them, to bless them, and to help them. And we thank you for our community, and we thank you that you placed us here for such a time as this. And I pray you'd use us next week to make a big difference. And we'll thank you and we'll praise you for all that you're going to do in us and through us. For it's in your name we pray and ask all these things. Amen. Amen. Hey, thanks for engaging today. Uh, let me remind you of a couple things just before you leave, okay? Uh, number one, uh, next Sunday, um, we'll start receiving your baked goods as you make your way to your projects. There will be somebody here by 7.30 next Sunday morning, okay? So you don't have to be at your project till 9 o'clock. So just please take an extra 15 minutes or so. Buddy Taylor is centrally located uh, to all of our projects. If you're baked some home-baked goods for our firefighter, thank you. Make sure you drop them off at Buddy Taylor. You can do that anytime between 7.30 and 9 o'clock and still have time to get uh, to your project, okay? Last thing is this. I recruited uh, our friendly neighborhood student director, Jeremy Hurley, to remind you of a couple of things. Uh, so check out this little video clip as you leave today. And after this clip is over, um, you're free to go. Hope you have a great day and a great week. We'll see you next Sunday for 3G Sunday. Hey, everybody. I got our friendly neighborhood student director in the house today. His name is Jeremy Hurley, if you haven't met him yet. He's a great guy. I love to hang out with him. And uh, just ask Jeremy if he would help us remember some things that we're supposed to do next Sunday uh, before we head off to our, our project. So, Jeremy, what's your, your day going to look like next Sunday Absolutely. as you get ready for 3G? So, Brian, one of the first things that my wife and I have decided to do is we want to bake some goods for the Firefighter Thank You program that we have going on awesome. on Sunday morning. So, one of the first things that we're going to do is we're going to go bake a bunch of goodies on Saturday night. And here's awesome. the goal. We're going to take them to Buddy Taylor Middle School on Sunday morning of 3G and the goal is to drop them off and then book it over to Grace Food Pantry which is where myself, my, my wife, my kids, we're all going to be serving along with 30 other people or so and so if you guys are interested in doing that as well, here's what we want you to do. We want you guys to bake a bunch of goods That's right. and we want you guys to take them and do the same thing. We want you to drop them off at Buddy Taylor Middle School and then get on over to the other places that you're going to serve at and let's make a difference. Yeah, it's going to be a great 3G Sunday. That's exactly what we want people to do. And let me just remind you one more time, there will not be any live services on campus next Sunday at Buddy Taylor. And uh, we will still have a live video stream all across our social media platforms on our website where you can watch our services. But there will be no live services next Sunday at Buddy Taylor. It's time for 3G. We're ready. It's going to be a great Sunday, so we'll see you guys next week. Have a great week.